Well, hello, family. Thank you for tuning in once again to a new episode of Let's Speak It Out Loud, the podcast where we speak truth and speak out loud everything that we hide and don't want to talk about. So, guys, first and foremost, I want to say to you so much, Happy New Year. Happy 2022, guys. That is something else, a major accomplishment. And another thing, I want to thank each and every person who has donated to the podcast. I definitely appreciate you. Um, Donations are always welcome. As you know, um, you guys, donating makes me feel great because it lets me know that you feel what I'm feeling that you understand what I'm saying and you would like to help this podcast continue to keep going. So I appreciate you guys. And for those of you who would like to donate, you can definitely do that at paypal.me forward slash speak it LMCM17. That's paypal.me forward slash speak it LMCM17. Or if you just prefer to use Cash App, you can definitely put um, dollar sign Candace Y. Miller. That's dollar sign C-A-N-D-A-C-E-Y Miller um, for Cash App. And all donations are greatly appreciated. So thank you again so much, guys, for listening, and I appreciate you. So for today's episode, guys, I want to talk about quite a few things in 2022. I have some things on my mind and some things on my heart. Well, what do we want to discuss and what do we want to talk about? Well, first of all, let's talk about 2022, guys. What are we going to do with ourselves in 2022? We as a people, um, how are we going to change our economic structure? You know, I know it's been rough the past year, year and a half with, you know, all the things that have been going on in the world and with the shutdowns and things like that. And you know, working from home and things like that, and the government sending out stimulus checks and all of that. I know everyone who got their stimulus check, they appreciated it. Um, but guys, the government's not going to continue sending out money. So you can best believe that's a dead deal, no matter how much clickbait they put on to make you read the news report or as the election begins to wind closer to 2024, making another year of unfulfilled promises for the black vote. Guys, really, no one pays attention to the black communities until it's election time. Then all you see on the news, well, the black vote, the black voter, well, in predominantly black areas, the black voter, the black, black voter. Well, what about the black voter? What about the black communities? Are there any thriving black communities left in America? Are there any independently unique black communities left in America? And trust me, I'm not saying this to be racist because everyone else has their own community. As we all know, the Asian community, oh, then don't don't say Candace, Asian hating. I'm just spewing facts. There is a Chinatown in several cities across America. And I don't consider that to be a racist statement. Um, that Asian Americans can come over, they can build businesses, um, they can get loans from banks relatively easy, unlike the black community. Um, they don't have to have credit, they don't have to have established anything when they come to this country, or if they're second, third, or fourth generation. Um, they can own a store, they can own whatever they like. 
and it's usually in the black communities, whether it's the hair shops, the nail shops, um, whether it's the Chinese restaurants, which are not authentic Chinese food that's in the black neighborhoods with the honey wings and lemon pepper chicken and crab rangoon, which is an American dish and it's, it is not an Asian dish at all. Um, but that's allowed. And then you have Greek town. I'm from Michigan. There's a place in Detroit called Greek Town where all the Greeks form together and their economic structure is combined because they have Greek businesses and no one, I don't think that's being racist that Greeks have their own area to live or where they can circulate their money and where they can turn their money and flip their money and, and put their children through school. I don't think that's racist. And then you have Italian areas or Jewish areas. I don't think that's anti-Semitic for them to have a Jewish area where the Jewish population could circulate their income or any other area. Even the Latinos. Even the Latinos. I won't get into whether it's Mexican, Dominican, or Puerto Rican, or whatever, but the Latinos. We have stores here in the South where all Spanish-speaking, for Latino-speaking people, it has their grocery stores for the types of foods that they prefer that come from their culture and things like that. And I don't consider that being racist, that Latinos have their own communities and they spend their money within their community. You know, the thing that creates generational wealth is circulating money in your community. You know, the Asian community circulates their money in their community an average of 20 times before it comes out of their community. What? Well, what does that mean? It means that when they make the U.S. dollar, they shop in Asian stores. They go to the Asian grocery store. They use Asian vendors. They even tie back to their homeland, whether it's Korea or China or, or whatever. And I don't think that's racist because they're building a financial empire and economic structure and building generational wealth for their children yet to come. Um, I just don't think those things are racist. So why? The question I pose to us all, why is it that when we start to speak on black economics or the things that um, Dr. Claude Anderson teaches us about black labor and white wealth, why is it a problem? Oh, you're pulling the race card. You're pulling the race card. No, I'm asking a question. And guys, moving forward as the century begins to move on, we're allowed to ask questions. You know, the cancel culture, don't ask, oh, 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 don't ask that question. You're being racist. Don't say that. Don't say this. Oh, my goodness. I should be able to ask a question about anything, whether it's politics, whether it's actual science, whether it's about space. I'm entitled to do that. Because that's how I educate my mind on things and make decisions that will be best for me, my family, and my community in building generational wealth. You know, I love um, when we do build our own businesses. Um, with this pandemic that has happened and a lot of people having to be at home, people have had to come up with alternative streams of income. Even those people who are working at home. Um, the question that was posed to us at the job was, well, we keep raising their salary. 
why won't people come? They'll come in for training and just won't stay. Or do you think if we take our minimum wage to $20, $25 an hour, we would attract better candidates? No. Well, why not? Well, first of all, you have to remember, we just went through a huge pandemic, which is not over. And people were forced to work from home. Now, the companies that allow people to work from home, I commend you. Okay? I know it's still about the business. The business has to move on. And you know what? If you got to work from home for our corporation to make our money so we can make all our money and, and, and have our paychecks, then you can do that. Then you have other corporations that was like, no, you coming back in here now. So it's what it is. Business is business. However, that working from home and the states being locked down and the children doing virtual learning, that changed the mindset of many people across the world, especially in America. Well, what do you mean? Well, what I mean basically is this. Do you realize, I don't know if many of you do, then when you work for a corporation and work a nine to five and work every single day, um, some people five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week, from eight to 16 hours a day. If you actually work 16 hours a day, how many hours do you actually have left to come home and help your children with homework and cook dinner and love on your significant other and say positive things? You don't ha- And give yourself love. Don't me leave that out. Don't let me leave that out. Give yourself some love because we all need that to de-escalate of being in that rat race of a job. Job just over broke. That's what job means. Just over broke. Because whether you're paid weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, your salary definitely, most people in the black community, if you make enough where you can pay all your bills, you don't have anything much left over. You don't have any investments. You don't have any um, side income because nobody's taught you about that. You're living from paycheck to paycheck. And that's why that stimulus check was such a well-relieved incentive for so many people. Now, I don't get into the politics of Trump, Biden, this, that, whatever. Choose who you're going to choose if you're going to choose somebody. Because I need you all to understand this. There are two sides of the same coin. Just because it's under the guise of Republican or Democrat, it's still a quarter. And when you flip it, (laughs) heads you win, tails you lose. Okay? Or vice versa. But the way it's set up today is heads I win, tails you lose. That's the way the system's set up today. It's not 50-50. It's heads I win, tails you lose. So if it falls on heads, I win. But if it falls on tails, you lose. I still win. And that's the way the system is set up today because we are so financially illiterate, and it's okay. They don't teach us financial literacy in school. They don't teach us anything that's going to help us build or create generational wealth. They teach us how to be great workers, okay? Understand that. And there's nothing wrong with working. You know, I've done it for a very long time, as most of us have. However, speaking it out loud and speaking the truth is this. 
we're not taught to be financially independent. We're taught to work for these corporations. Look at all the mom and pop corporations that are gone away. I know me growing up in Flint, Michigan, we had black-owned stores on every corner when I was growing up. I never saw another nationality really owning a corner store until I went to college in Houston in 1988. Then I began to see Asians, you know, owning the corner stores, but I had never experienced that before. And I'm just talking about my experience, okay? Nobody else's. But there's no financial literacy. There's no anything, even through college, unless you specialize in business management or financial literacy and you get a degree. But still, what are you really learning if you can't take those tools and create for yourself? I could feed you all day long. But if I teach you how to fish, you will live a lifetime and you will build structures for your family, for generations to come, your great, 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 great grandchildren. And that's the thing that we're lacking um, in today's society in the black community. We've been so taught to not trust ourselves, even to this day, and not trust each other. Because you hear this all the time. Come on, black people, talk to me. Well, I would buy from black people, but they price is too high. You don't take your ass over there to cheap-ass Walmart and tell them that, do you, at Christmas time? This is the thing that pisses me off with us. We'll support and give money to everybody else, but we won't support black businesses. Well, you know, white folks' ice is colder than black folks' ice, Candace. You know that. And black people, they always slacking. And they always trying to get over. Yeah, but white folks always getting over. And I can't really say white folks. Corporate America. And it just happens to be run by a lot of white men. That's facts. That's speaking it out loud. Let's talk about it, y'all, in the words of our sister, Ayanna Van Zant. Let's call a thing a thing, baby. Come on now, don't play with me. And the first thing we do need to know and understand is, number one, if you're not doing it and you don't have the strength to do it, that's okay. But support someone who is. It's very difficult for us due to things like redlining and... You know, we'll talk about that redlining where um, we were only allowed to live in certain areas. Um, The banks had um, unwritten rules that when black people came in for loans, if they weren't in certain areas, they couldn't get the loan. Redlining. And there's so many things that go on in the banking institution that I've seen. Because remember, guys. I was a finance manager for consumer lending for almost 17 years. So let me say that first and foremost before you say, Candace don't know what the hell she's talking about. I got you on this. I know the rules and the regulations, and I am a bomb in everything that I do because I've made companies great. I was a bill collector, and I was a finance manager for consumer finance companies. I was the cleanup lady. I could go in and take a bad debt store and turn it around and collect their money for them and turn them back into profit. And I was a beast. Yes, and the fact that I was a beast was simply based upon I knew exactly what to do to make them their money. So you get into that repetitive nature of being great, um, for someone else. 
My paycheck didn't rise. I was still on a great salary now. I got bonuses and this and that. The more money I made for them, the better bonuses I received. But I had to learn the laws and the rules and the regulations to make sure it happened. So one of the things, guys, that we definitely have to understand is we have to create generational wealth for ourselves. No one's going to do it for it, and no one's going to give it to us. And nobody's going to talk to us until it's an election time, okay? Hear me again. Quit acting like y'all don't see this. They don't talk to us, the powers that be, until it's election time. And when you ask anybody, well, what are we going to do if we give you our vote for the black community? It's called, what, quid pro quo? Is that what it's called? Scratching your back and scratch mine? Because that's it's legal in politics, quid pro quo, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm saying it wrong, somebody put it down in, in the um, notes, okay? When you put a note on there. But with that being said, we continue to get promises with nothing in return. And people are appalled. What do you mean? Doing something for the black community. Correct. Because if the Latino community asks you that question, your ass going to fix DACA and everything else. All right? If the Jewish community asks you that question, you're going to fix everything that they need. All right? You're going to make every program you need. All right? If the Asian community asks that question, you're going to make sure you give them their needs and put something in the bill for their vote. But you guys... You continue to neglect us and negate anything we're saying. You know, everybody talks about Martin Luther King. Have you noticed every president talks about Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King, white people, and Barack Obama, or whatever you want to call him. I'm going to leave that there. But white people and Barack Obama and anyone else in politics, they always want to quote Martin Luther King talking about, you know, one day his I have a dream speech, his dream, his dream. But damn it, Martin had another dream. Let's stop talking about the kumbaya, hold hands, Martin Luther King. You know, let's talk about what no politician wants to talk about. Martin Luther King, Economic Bill of Rights. April 1968. Let me say that again for those in the back, and you can look this up. Martin Luther King's Economic Bill of Rights, April 1968. That was 54 years ago. Martin wasn't just about sitting at a lunch counter and can't we get along. From Martin's Economic Bill of Rights in 1968, number one that was on the agenda was a meaningful job at a living wage. Okay, aren't we still fighting for that today, people picketing? Please take us to $15 an hour, a meaningful job at a living wage. That was number one. Number two, secure and adequate income for all those unable to find or do a job. Well, what does that mean? Okay, so if you have someone disabled or this and that, disability and Social Security, as much as y'all take out my damn paycheck for Social Security, my mama's Social Security check shouldn't be as small as it is or anybody else's mother. That money from the Social Security that you take out of our check, the government takes out of our check, that goes into the Social Security fund. And if you've worked all of your life, you shouldn't be getting um, $1,000 a month Social Security. Come on now. Number three, 
access to land for economic uses. What? All they're telling y'all is that I have a dream speech, but they're not telling you what Martin was really about. And you need to understand that. Don't let somebody else tell you about our people. Why don't you research it yourself and understand? Martin didn't get killed because he wanted to sit at a lunch counter. Martin got killed because he was talking about give us our damn money. Okay? We have a stake in this country and a stake in the economic development of our communities. You know, number four for Martin Luther King's Economic Bill of Rights of April 1968 was access to capital for poor people and minorities to promote their own businesses. You hear me? Access to capital for poor people and minorities to promote their own businesses. I commend all of us who have a business, but all of us who have a business will tell you they don't make it easy for us to get economic capital. You have to have capital to run that business. There are corporations and small businesses today who are getting millions of dollars in capital, but they don't have the access that we're required to have. They don't have to go through the steps that we're required to go through. It's not, it's always your credit score, your credit score. I, being a business owner, happen to know, yes, your credit score is a major factor. However, but I do know businesses, LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps, there's a way that it's legal for you not to pay taxes if you just carry debt. Guys, we got to get financially literate. And number five, from Martin Luther King's Economic Bill of Rights, April 1968, ability for ordinary people to play a true significant role in the government. I'm going to say it again. We need the ability for ordinary people to play a truly significant role in the government. Well, what does that mean? Well, we elected Jimbo. He was so nice, this and that. No, politics is a game. And to get into politics right now, you got to floor shine and impress people and, and get people to think you're going to do something. But then when you get up there into the government, you have to play the government game. We don't want those people anymore because those people don't represent us. We need the people who are going to get in the government and say, hey, this is bullshit. And this is what I need. But they want people to play the game. And immediately when you get there. There's a cancel culture in the government as well. They will sick the press on your ass, whichever side you want. Whether it's MSNBC or Fox News, your ass would get sicked on. <laughs> Y'all like my word, sicked on. That's right. Oh, they will send them to you. So one of the things I wanted to say, guys, is we definitely have to, for us, like, our parents always taught us, you know, we got to work harder than everybody else. We have to do this from everybody else. Well, first of all, stop spending all our money on shit that we don't need. Do you know the black community in America makes the least amount of money than any other nationality in the United States of America, and we spend the most? Honey, we lose our mind for Christmas and Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day and Halloween and all this and that. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. I will not teach my grandbaby that Santa Claus, some white man, going to come down through my chimney and leave all these gifts. Her birthday, the day of her birth, my birthday, that's your special day. And we don't just buy a bunch of toys because it's Christmas. 
You know, that's my opinion on that. Other people might have other opinions, but that's my opinion on that one. So, guys, the first thing we need to do, I need y'all to understand this, is we have to get our credit together. Okay? We have to get our credit together because even with us owning a business, our credit is a big factor. And the one thing about our credit that we don't understand, the whole credit scoring system is a game. You know, I've heard people all this time, well, you know, I, I, I pay my bills on time. So that's why, you know, my credit score going up. Let me tell you all something. There's five factors to your credit score. And you need to understand the scoring system and the breakdown of that credit score. 35% of your credit score is your payment history. You know, your on-time bills versus your delinquency in the past 24 months. So when you say, I, I'm paying my bills on time, that's how I'm fixing my credit. It's not just that. That's just 35%. 30% is how much debt you owe. You know, percent of credit. Credit lines available. The availability of your credit lines. How much have they actually given you in credit? You know, the more you owe in proportion to your credit limit. So say, for instance, if you're pushing your credit cards all the way to the limit each month and you're paying them off, that's still affecting your credit score. Leaving that utilization that high, that's 30%. Then 15% of your credit is the length of your credit history, y'all. The longer you keep something, the better. Don't close an old account. Keep them old credit cards you had in college. You know, it's about how long have you had your accounts. So that's 15%. Then you got your 10% of your credit, which is types of credit. Um, are you using revolving credit versus installment? You have to have a balance. So revolving credit would be something like credit cards or something like that versus installment loans, which would be your mortgage or your car note or just a plain installment loan, things like that. You have to have a mix of that. That stands for 10% of your credit. And then the other 10% of your credit score is the number of inquiries. The new credit inquiries and the new accounts opened in the last 12 to 18 months. You know, how does this all impact your financial health and your financial freedom? You know, you have to understand the impact of the amount of credit you're using. If you guys buckle down, I can tell you definitely how to build that credit score within two to three months. And then you're going to work on your outstanding debt in about four to six months. It's going to take you about six months if you're really doing it to get your credit, you know, rolling and get your credit going so you can do things and so you could begin to build your wealth, your net worth. Uh, we weren't taught about financial literacy in school. We weren't even talking about your net worth. You hear about net worth all the time when they talk about rich people. Well, what's your net worth? What's your net worth? You hear that all the time, you know. But what is it? Do you even know basically what it is? It's just basically your assets versus your liability, what you spend, you know, what you spend. And with that being said, you know, with that credit building, and say, for instance, you open up an LLC and open up your business, you will be able to get that funding that you need to start putting money into your community, into your dreams, and start building your business so we as a people don't have to beg people what they're going to do for us at the election. We can tell them. Why can we tell them? Because we have an economic structure that says, all right, I'm not backing you. I'm putting my money here. How about I don't spend any money with your system.
you know, and then things are changing. Guys, this cryptocurrency, look at it. Because this dollar, printing out all this money is not a good thing because the U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. I don't know what it's backed by now. So the only thing I can really trust is gold, silver, and crypto. Hmm, why do you say crypto, Candace? Because crypto is not paper. Hmm, it's in a digital format. So guys, if you decide to open up your own business, you want people to support you. You want people to be there for you. You want your community, because we as black people especially, we want our community to support us. With that being said, before I forget y'all, I have to support a black business myself. I want to tell you, a very good friend of mine, Miss Sonya Brown Coleman, we went to high school together in Flint, Michigan. She has a new book out, and it's for children. It is wonderful. It's called Sunny and the Birthday Bash. Sunny spelled S-U-N-N-I. And Sonya Brown Coleman was the writer of the book. And Miss Inez Goodman is the illustrator. It's beautiful illustration. And this book is actually on Amazon. So if you get a chance to go look it up and you have a, a kid that you want them to see themselves in writing in literature y'all know i'm about to tell y'all my age y'all know it felt good when we watched jj and them on good times because it wasn't a lot of people on there and then i grew up tootie on facts of life i watched facts of life because tootie was on there go kim fields we watched stuff because black people were on there so sunny is a vegan guy she's a little girl and she's a vegan and she's having a birthday bash and that's all i'm going to tell you well i'll tell you a little bit more she wants her friends to come over and she's going to teach them about veganism. So guys, if you get a chance, go on Amazon. We always on Amazon buying BS. Support this sister, Miss Sonya Brown Coleman. Sonny and the birthday bash. Sonya, I'm so proud of you. Okay? I wanted to say that. Now, guys, if you need help with your credit, go to my website, www.ucespp. Dot net forward slash C Miller 28. That's U-C-E-S-P-P dot net forward slash C Miller 28. Go on that site and look at the things that are included on the site because financial literacy, guys, is more than just credit restoration. There's so many things we need to learn in this program here on my website. I think if you're serious you definitely go ahead and join the program and join the membership. And don't be hitting me, oh, Candace, that's high. Listen, repairing your credit costs less than make costs less than Jordan's. Okay? I need you to know that. Jordan's cost more than repairing your credit. Your nails cost more than repairing your credit. I promise you, you got a wig that costs more than repairing your credit. Okay? And then, once you get that taken care of, now you can do these things in parallel. You gotta take care of that credit first and foremost. You have to. But, guys, it's not hard to set up your own business, your LLC. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the next episode, but I just wanted to touch bases with you guys today and talk about some things and some things we need to speak out loud and some things we need to think about, okay? 
So guys, I want to thank you once again for checking it out. Let's speak out loud. I am your host, Goddess Candace. I wish you all peace, love, blessings, prosperity. I thank the Most High Creator for allowing me to be here to express myself to you again today. And I hope I have given you something that has touched you, that has helped you, that will help you succeed and build generational wealth. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Peace.